Hi everybody, I'm Josh. And I'm Brett. If you're looking for a different horror podcast, one that stands out from the rest... Well, don't look here. (laughs) Absolutely not. Every week we talk about our favorite horror movies and some of our favorite aspects of those horror movies. So that's something that interests you? Check us out. The only thing that sets us apart is that it's us. So if you like the sound of our voices... Check us out at the Evil Desk Podcast. Wherever it is that you find podcasts. I'm a sea king, a CGI thing. I'm here to eat and bear my teeth and shake a tail fin. A bikini babe, catching a road wave. A big surprise, I'm gonna rise and flash my tooth cave. All the buff dudes, safe on the beach food. They're gonna need a bigger boat and barrels real soon. I'm a sea king, a CGI thing. I'm here to eat and bear my teeth and shake a tail fin. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bucket of Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast. As always, I am your host, Steve Coates, and welcome to Spooky Sharktober. That's right, we are starting our spooky month off with The Black Demon from 2023, directed by Adrian Grunberg. Now, if you've listened to my mini-review on this episode, you will already know that I was not a huge fan of this movie when I first watched it, so I thought I would do a full review for it. And it fits right into this month's theme or October's theme of just spooky shark movies with like a supernatural element. So I'm giving this one another chance. Maybe my opinion changed. It didn't, but (laughs) I gave it another shot, right? So now for poster expectations, normally I wouldn't do it for a big budget movie like this, but also knowing this has a bigger budget than like Shark Side of the Moon, Noah Shark or anything like that. I have higher expectations for it. But that's enough of that. There's nothing else to do but dive in. We start off with some narration and text on screen explaining fishermen of shared stories of a mythical shark off the Baja coast. It only shows when summoned. It drives men to the brink of insanity with visions of death, and it's known as the Black Demon. Except they say it in Spanish, but I'm, I butcher the English language enough. I'm not going to do it to another one. As we sweep over the ocean, we come to an oil rig. It's been a while since we've uh, had an oil rig movie here. I think Jurassic Shark was maybe the last one. But yeah, I've noticed that this is like a common thing in some shark movies, like doing shit on an oil rig. This one makes a little bit more sense, but we'll, we'll get into it. We see two men speaking Spanish, and it's nighttime now, and one of them is getting ready to scuba dive under this oil rig. They kind of just bullshit back and forth about being done with diving and finding new work. The diver finally goes in, and we see the water is contaminated by oil leaking everywhere. So this water is just, like, murky as hell. We see where the oil is leaking as the diver continues down, and his cohort above starts playing music through the radio. Radio Man throws a cigarette over the side of his boat, and it starts a small fire on the water because there's fucking oil leaking everywhere. But he manages to put it out. Down below, the diver straps a bunch of fucking C4 explosives to the post of this rig, and the timer's set for something like 16 hours. In the distance, we see something big moving through the water and oil. The diver begins to ascend when he's suddenly pulled down by an invisible force. He's then suddenly surrounded by jellyfish and other tropical fish just swimming around. 
we see where he really is, and he's still just in the murky, oily fucking water. And from the shark POV, it attacks. The water turns red. The radio man above feels the ring shake and radios down to the diver, uh, who he calls fucking Nacho. He's like, hey, Nacho, are you there? Nope. <laughs> no response. Nacho's dead. We get a POV from inside the shark mouth, and it grabs the radio man, and the title card appears. This part was cool. This, like, the beginning of this movie really pulled me in. I was a little bit confused by the vision part of it. So initially, like, I kind of thought that maybe the oil and, like, all the chemicals in the water were making him hallucinate. We find out that is not the case later, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Now it's daytime, and we're in a car with our heroic family, a wife, a husband, and their two children. The husband is played by Josh Lucas. He's been in quite a few things if you look him up. I'm sure you recognize him. His name is Paul. He's there with his wife, Ennis, uh, who he refers to as Ness most of the time, and their daughter, Audrey, and their son, Tommy. The parents ask Tommy for some useless fact about Mexico or sea life or something, and of course the teenage daughter is annoyed, and they all kind of argue jokingly as they drive off. We learn that Paul works for the oil company, Nixon Oil. Oh, if that doesn't give off confidence in uh, oil company, I don't know what does. I am Malacroc. Paul is there to possibly decommission the rig if it doesn't pass his inspections or blows up whatever comes first. As they drive through the town, Paul and Ness look a little worried. This isn't the same place they visited in their early years. So they're kind of reminiscing like, oh, yeah, let's go to this hotel that we went to. But they get there and it's closed down. So, you know, it's like returning to your childhood home after not being there for 30 years. And it's like, oh, man, everything's different than it was. Yep, that's what time does (laughs) Paul goes up to some locals and he asks them for help and they ask if he's an oil man and he's like yeah we practically built this town the locals tell him to look around and ask if he's proud of his work which is a valid fucking question because if Paul says he built this fucking town then it should be in a lot better fucking shape than it is right you fucking douche the wife comes in speaking uh, Spanish to defuse the situation as I believe she's from Mexico Um, I'm pretty sure she's at least Spanish, so she speaks it very well and obviously knows how to talk to the locals. The locals show them all to a restaurant, and we see different totems or idols, and it represents this Aztec god, Tlaloc, uh, this god of protection. And I'm not going to say the god's name too often because it's what is difficult. There's actually like a running gag with the kid Tommy. He always says like Tlaloc, but it's Tlaloc, T-L-A-L-O-C or something. So yeah, it's kind of a running gag in the movie later on. Tommy goes up to one of the shrines and exchanges an artifact of some sort with his candy bar. They get to the restaurant, and Tommy gives his pirate eye patch he's been wearing to the Scarface local that's been helping them. Paul asks what he meant earlier about the Aztec god for protection, and he says from the demon in Spanish, so it's like El Demonia or something. Inside the restaurant, Paul is on the phone, and the company tells him to get the inspection done immediately, and he's confused as to why. He tells his wife and kids to stay there and book somewhere nice to to stay in another town, and he'll be back before they know it. Paul gives the bartender money to keep an eye on his family, and he heads out to a boat so he can get to this oil rig. He gets to the dock, and he asks the harbor master to radio the rig and tell him he's on the way. So as he's walking away, the guard agrees, and he pretends to radio... But by the time Paul is gone, he's pulled out a picture of Paul, rips it in half, and just hangs up the radio. So, they are not fans of the oil men in this town. Um, Just 
just the vibes I'm getting here. As he's being driven out to the rig, he asks the driver of the boat what happened to the town. The driver says things are very bad, that the rig has woken up the demon. Paul laughs it off and they continue to the rig. The driver pulls up to a dock in like the middle of fucking the ocean, just in the middle of fucking nowhere. And he drops Paul off to an empty boat saying he can't go on any further because of the bad vibes. Could you imagine if this was a valid excuse, like, just anywhere you went? Like, oh, man, I can't do this because it's it's got bad vibes. Like, I would just use that excuse all the time. Oh, hey, could you come into work today? Nah, I can't go to that place. It's got bad vibes. Paul gets on the boat and drives off as the diver on the dock, crosses himself like father, son, holy fucking spirit. Back at the restaurant, Tommy is reading about the Aztec god and reading aloud to his mom and sister. And then Ness says there's something off here, but she doesn't know what. Tommy stops reading and he chimes in and says there's no birds and then continues reading. Ennis and Audrey look around and yeah, there's no fucking birds around. It's just, it's also super creepy when like the little kid notices this shit. It's like, oh yeah, there's just no birds around. And then continues on as if like that's somewhat normal and it's not like, no. We see a man at the bar eyeballing his wife and then tries talking to her as she tries to brush him off. He starts putting his hands on the daughter, the underage daughter, and the mother smashes a fucking beer bottle on his head, holds the broken bottle as a weapon as she backs her and her kids out of the restaurant. Beautiful mama moment. Like, oh, I hate it. Like when you see these scenes in movies and like the parents are not reacting the way that they should, like they should be much more angry. And sometimes they're just kind of like, oh, but like this woman like does not fuck around. Like, Ness is a badass bitch. She she kicks ass in this movie. They get to the car, but the tires have been slashed. So they go down to the dock and basically bribe and beg a man to bring them to the rig. And he refuses at first. And then the people from the bar start coming down the dock. They followed them there. So she bribes him and he finally agrees. And they drive off just before the people get to the dock. Back with Paul, he continues in the boat until he finally reaches the rig. We see the destruction of the scuba gear and the boat from the beginning of the movie. The water has turned black from the oil. Paul gets on the rig and he starts looking around for someone, but the place appears to be empty. We see a painting of the Aztec god on the side of one of the rooms, and we kind of see it painted throughout the whole facility, like just throughout the movie. And Paul goes into one of the rooms and finds one of the most adorable dogs ever. It's a chihuahua. I'm not even a big fan of those dogs, but this one is fucking adorable. And spoiler alert, the dog lives. He actually fucking lives. This is one of my biggest points of contention in fucking horror movies is they kill off like the dogs or like the family pet. Like I've seen this so many fucking times recently. It's driving me nuts. So it was refreshing at least to see them introduce this like little tiny ass dog be super adorable and actually make it through the whole fucking movie. So I will give the movie props for that. Bra fucking vo. Then two men come into the room with weapons and ask who Paul is, and they say they didn't know he was coming. Paul says he's there to do an inspection, and they say he's a little late. The men hear the dog bark outside, and we see the family approaching on the boat. We see the shark fins start to follow the boat, and the men try to distract it with flares. The boat reaches the rig, and the family gets on board. Audrey falls into the water, and she sees, like, arms and body parts floating in the water everywhere. Or does she? The other boat fucks off as fast as he possibly can, and the shark starts to pursue him. They get Audrey out of the water, and she starts babbling about the body parts, and Paul says, it's just the oil, it's just the oil. 
So again, when I first saw this, I thought that he meant like, oh yeah, the oil is making them hallucinate. But no, later on we'll find out that's not the case. One of the men takes the kids up to go get cleaned up. Ness and Paul ask the other man, like, what is happening? He hands Ness a pair of binoculars and she watches the boat drive off and she sees the giant fin following it. The fin disappears for a moment and then this massive shark breaches the water and takes out the boat. Now, this shot I fucking loved. One, it was pretty accurate to how sharks hunt. And two, it just looked badass. This is where the movie fooled me. Because this shark is, and they'll talk about it later, that it's basically a megalodon. So it's a big fucking shark. It is huge. And when it comes out of the water, when it breaches and it grabs the boat, it looked good. It didn't look amazing. Like, this movie is bigger budget, but it's not, you know, like, meg-size level budget. But it was still cool. I liked it. And I was hoping for more of, like, this shit when I was watching it. But I apparently I don't fucking get any of it. Paul and Ness are in shock, and Paul looks at the man and says, Jesus Christ, and he says, no, Black Demon. Roll credits. Ness and one of the men make hot chocolate for the kids, and she comforts her kids for a bit. Tommy pulls out one of the carvings he got from the shrine and sees the same ones above some lockers. So he sees like these little idols and shit all over this oil rig. Paul talks with the other man, asks where the crew was, and the rest of them either manage to escape or are just dead. So these two are the only ones left. Ness comes out and asks like what that thing was. And this is where the man tells us it was a megalodon. And then Tommy chimes in and him and Audrey are now standing there. And he's like, they don't exist. And then the rig starts tilting and Paul asks for a rundown of the rig and the men tell him the rig has been leaking for months and Nixon Oil knew all about it, but never sent anyone down to fix it. So no wonder the locals are fucking pissed. Like, yeah, they should be pissed. If I saw Paul, I'd probably kick him in the dick too. Paul says that's absurd, but then says he knew nothing about it, which I think he didn't at this point. But later on, uh, I'm not so sure. So, like, when I'm first seeing this, I'm like, yeah, no, he doesn't know what's going on. But, yeah, no, he definitely does. Dick. The rig is hit a few more times by the shark. Paul and the men get inside try to figure out how to repair the power. So Paul's plan is to go into the diving bell and fix the lines. But he doesn't know how to weld that well, so the other two men volunteer to dive down. And Paul will stay up top. Ness doesn't like the idea, but Paul assures her the dive bell is strong enough. She then asks why the shark is so interested in the rig, and one of the men explains that the rig was supposed to provide jobs for the area, and for a while it did, but then the regulations were ignored and no one cared, so the shark is a curse, a vengeance from the old gods. And then we get some background on the Aztec god, which I won't bore you with here. Honestly, it's not really that important. It's vengeance. That's all. It's bat. This shark is Batman. That's what you need to know. The man says the god brought the black demon to life, and Paul is still not really interested in any of this. He's still brushing it off, like, oh yeah, whatever. Like, dude, listen. You just saw a megalodon shark jump out of the water and eat a fucking boat. Maybe keep an open mind. I'm just saying. The man says Talalok will not be satisfied until the ultimate sacrifice has been made foreshadowing much Paul starts arguing with the man for filling his kids heads with this nonsense and the man says it's not nonsense we're destroying our own planet the man leaves to get started on the work and Paul tells his kids and wife not to listen to this nonsense but the wife says they can't really deny what's going on yes listen to Ness she is the smartest person or one of the smartest people in this fucking movie 
Listen to her, Paul. The three men are around the diving bell. The two workers get in and dive down as Paul watches on a tablet above. The bell reaches its depth and the men get out and begin working. As they move along, they finally find the C4 charges. One of them starts hallucinating that there's body parts sinking all around him. He shakes it off and immediately goes to the dive bell. The other diver is working on one of the pillars and avoids the shark as it approaches the diving bell. The diver inside braces and the shark bites into it and starts dragging it down. So Paul says like, oh yeah, there's no way this shark can bite through it. It's super strong. Well, I guess it wasn't that fucking strong after all, Paul. The diving bell explodes or I guess implodes and the other diver gets on the rig as the other body floats up. Paul tries to get him out of the water, but there's only half of his body there. So he's like, oh, nope. They argue more about how Paul should listen to that man a bit more. And he says they weren't supposed to be there. So like, this is her fault for bringing the kids. And then she says, well, I couldn't really stay in the bar with those fucking drunks. Like, what are you talking about? So let me, let me tell you a story, kids. Paul is kind of a cunt. Paul is a cunty little bastard. The end. Tommy comes along and asks if they're done arguing yet and brings Paul a coffee. Tommy asks where Junior is, the man who died, and Audrey tells him a lie, like, he's in the electrical room, he'll be back later. At least someone is parenting the kid or protecting this kid, being like, oh yeah, the dude just died. Paul sits with the last worker and says he's sorry about Junior, and then he sees some boats out on the water, and he shoots a flare to get their attention, but the worker says, dude, there's nothing there. Paul looks again, and sure enough, the boats are gone. The worker gives Paul a bottle of tequila, and they start having a few sips. So this part confused me a little bit because if this shark is giving people visions, the only other time we've seen it give people visions is when they are in the water. But Paul's not in the water. So how is he getting visions? I got nothing. I got fucking nothing for that. They start arguing about Paul being a company man and the worker should stop with his Aztec bullshit. The worker punches Paul, Ness comes out, and Paul starts backing away and says, this is all just mismanagement and negligence. And he's acting like he's already slightly intoxicated, and he does this a few times in the movie where these two are having like a heated moment, and then it's like, okay, we saw Paul have a couple of sips, so now he's super intoxicated. And again, like I don't know if they're trying to imply the shark is having some sort of effect on this, um, oh, by the way, I'm like four out of six pages in my notes. And when was the last time you heard me talk about the fucking shark other than the diving bell? That's part of my problem with this movie is we hardly see this fucking thing. But let's see how much more we get. Let's keep fucking going here. Paul goes back to the room and Tommy asks if they're going to die. And Paul and Ness try to comfort him and reassure him. And Audrey does as well that they're going to be fine. Tommy then gives some like gruesome background on the Aztec god. And Paul tells him to forget it and ask Audrey and Tommy to look around for anything that might help them get off the rig. Ness runs after Paul and tells him to work with the rig worker. The worker follows him and Paul is trying to reroute the cooling system to get the generator working. As the rest of the family searches the rig, Ness finds a room with articles on the wall about oil rigs and spills and then finds a report from Nixon Oil and we briefly see it says something about damaging a fetus. Tommy grabs a couple of the wooden figures and a wooden boat and heads to the water. Audrey calls to him inside and sees that he's gone. Tommy puts the wooden boat in the water and watches it float away. Ness continues to read the report and Nixon Oil knew the place was unsafe for a long time, but her husband signed off on it being safe. Fucking Paul, you piece of fucking shit. 
Ah, Paul the pussy cunt. God damn it. The shark swims under the rig, knocking into it and making Tommy fall into the water. Everyone rushes out and Ness jumps into the water and grabs Tommy. Paul is in a moment after, but he doesn't really do anything. He's fucking useless, of course. Audrey throws a lifesaver and they grab it. Paul is pulled from the water just as the shark swims by. The family comforts Tommy and as Paul tries to comfort Ness, she tells him about the paperwork and his signatures are on it. And he tries to tell her it's complicated. Ness tells him to tell the kids so they don't end up doing something like this. And Paul just keeps saying it's his job. So Ness is here being like, no, you tell the kids what you did so they don't end up being a piece of shit like you. I love this woman. She is one of the best fucking characters I've seen in a shark movie in a while because she's just like no nonsense. And yeah, she's just fucking great. She tells him to look around. People are dying because of this. And he says he had no choice. He did it so they could have a better life. And Ness says he did it for himself and he's the real monster. See, I told you Paul was a cunt. I told you. The shark swims around the rig, and we see the timer on the C4 is down to one hour. The worker joins Paul in the electrical room, and Paul asks if they're going to make it. And he says, no, senor, as he drinks. Paul takes a big swig, and he's, again, this is where he's acting like he's already half in the bag. He starts telling how when regulations were rolled back, companies like Nixon Oil did their own self-inspections. And when Paul visited the rig for the first time, it failed. He drafted his report, including all the hazards, and when he turned it in, his bosses asked if he liked his new job and tossed the report back at him and suggested he overlook some of the problems. And if he doesn't, they'll find someone who will. And he signed every report that they gave him for years. <sighs> Paul, 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 Paul. You fall for the same dumb shit that every fucking company pulls on its employees. Just fucking say no. Be the bigger person. Who fucking cares if you had told Ness like oh hey so I did this report and they were like oh no man you got to sign off on it being good I'm pretty sure she'd fucking understand if you left your job so she's right you did this for you you selfish fucking piece of shit Paul then points out the charges used on the rig are the same ones that the company uses for underwater demolition so the company is the one trying to blow up the rig they wanted Paul to get this done as soon as possible because they wanted him to be on the rig the workers said he knew who Paul was when he first heard his name, but they didn't know they wanted to blow him up, and they kind of laugh about it. And Paul realizes with his signatures on the report, he's a perfect scapegoat, especially if he dies on the rig. So again, good job, Paul. This is all your fucking fault. I don't feel bad for you. I feel bad for your family that's there, because this isn't their fault at all. But I don't feel bad for you, you piece of shit. The worker manages to fix the radio and gets a quick call out before the radio dies again. Tommy finds an inflatable raft, but it has rips. So Audrey gathers some shit, mixes some chemicals, and makes some adhesive so they can fix the holes. So the women in this family are like fucking brilliant, and the men are... Well, no, Tommy's not that bad. It's just Paul. Paul's just a dick. Paul's stupid. I hate him. Back in town, the driver who brought Paul is praying at the Aztec God Shrine thing, and uh, Scarface tells him to let Talalok finish his work. As the worker works on the radio, Paul asks why after all this time he didn't fix it sooner, and then realizes that he wanted the rig to go down. He didn't want anyone else coming out there, even if it meant him going down with it. So even this motherfucker is more noble than fucking Paul is. God damn, Paul, you suck. Paul has a new plan. His plan is to dive down and fix the valve that should seal the oil leak, appeasing the rain god, and then he's going to take the charges and feed it to the shark. Great plan, Paul. Now Paul is Aquaman. 
And of course, the worker has his doubts about this plan, as I do myself. Paul says once he's down, the worker should take his family in the raft and get out of there. The family calls Paul over and they finish the raft. Audrey suggests that they pray. Paul agrees, surprising Ness. And they stand in a circle and pray for what feels like a fucking eternity. Like this is just a long scene of them sitting in a circle praying and the camera's just going around them like this is super important. It's not. Paul's getting ready to dive down. Ness tries to stop him. But he says he needs to fix his mistakes and that there's a bomb on the rig. But maybe it can help them. And he tells her his plan. They kiss and he runs off. Paul gears up and makes the worker promise to get his family off the rig. Again. Paul looks at his mask and says he has no spit. Jaws reference. There it is. I found it. And I found it because Hooper's like, oh, I got I got no spit in Jaws. I found the Jaws reference. The worker spits in the mask. Paul dives down into the murky water. The worker gets the family and the dog together in the boat. We can't forget about the dog. Paul reaches the charges and there's six minutes left. Thank God. That means this movie is almost fucking over. We see the shark circling the rig. Paul reaches the valve and starts banging on it with his hand. I guess that's how valves are repaired. You just hit them a bunch of times and it's like, there we go. The family is in the boat. They start paddling away. Paul continues to work on the valve and it finally seals the leak. The shark starts swimming towards him and Paul manages to get away in some sort of metal structure. He sees his oxygen levels are low and he calls Ness on the radio. He says he's sorry. He's going to take a rain check on those margaritas and to tell the people of the town that things will get better soon. Aw, poor Paul's going to kill himself. Oh, it's so sad. It's so sad that the cunty man is going to die. Aw. He tells the worker he left something in his bag and makes sure it gets to the right people. He tells Audrey he's proud of her and he tells Tommy that there's a gift for him in his bag and he's so brave and he's the captain now. I just picture Tommy going full uh, Captain Phillips on her. Look at me. I am the captain now. Paul starts crying as he talks to Ness and we see the sharks circling around him. He tells Ness and the family he loves them and then he comes out of the metal structure with 30 seconds on the clock. And the shark comes from below and opens its mouth. In the boat, the family sees the oil rig go up in flames and they all cry because daddy is dead. Audrey sees a boat and it's the man who drove Paul out and Scarface. They all get into the boat and the oil rig starts to fall into the water. The boat drives off and it begins to rain. We see the wooden boat Tommy put in the water earlier and it's suddenly sunk into the water and roll credits. What the fuck was the point of that? I don't fucking know. Wowza. What a boring-ass shark movie. I liked the concept, the idea, even the environmental message. I, I'm pretty sure I've said this before. I don't care if there is an environmental message in your movie. I actually think it's really important. But it was all executed so fucking poorly. There were some cool concepts introduced, and then we didn't really go anywhere with it. And, like, at the end when Paul is like, oh, yeah, there's this in your bag, and there's this in your... What? What were the things in the bag? Maybe I missed a scene. I'm assuming for the worker, it's going to be like all the reports and everything so that they can expose this company. Fine, I'm good with that. But then the other shit, ugh, it doesn't even fucking matter. Poster expectations. For a fucking movie that, like every poster I have seen, prominently showing the shark in each one, there was not a lot of shark in this movie. Like, why are shark movies nowadays not giving me any goddamn shark? Like, either way, this was a pretty big letdown. I thought for sure, after watching the trailer, I would enjoy this movie more than The Meg or The Meg 2. I was wrong. 
I was so fucking wrong. Even the Meg 2 had the same problem where there were three fucking sharks in that movie and we barely got any of that. Listen, I have a very simple request when I'm watching a big budget Hollywood shark movie. Show me the fucking shark. That's all I want. I am not asking for a lot here. And again, the concept of this movie, the basic plot is okay. I didn't even mind that this black demon megalodon godlike shark somehow sent psychic messages to people. But again, we barely explored that. We're introduced to it and it's like, hey, look at this thing. And then that's it. Like, we get some backstory on it from, like, some of the locals, but at the end of the day, it's like, who cares? I don't. I sure as fuck didn't. Jesus Christ. And I had really high hopes, because I like Josh Lucas from... I can't remember off the top of my head what I've seen him in. I know I've seen him in things. And, I mean, he hasn't been in anything amazing, but I kind of like him. But I hated his fucking character in this. I, I... Even when he killed himself, I was just like, yeah, you fucking deserve it. Like, yeah, you're making the ultimate sacrifice, but, like, somebody should have just thrown you in the water earlier because this probably would have ended then, too. So, honestly, if you want to watch a better uh, Megalodon movie, The Meg, it would be a better choice. And I can't believe I'm saying that because I, I did not like that movie a whole lot when I first saw it. It's grown on me since... Um, but after watching this movie twice, it hasn't grown on me anymore, and I can't really picture a scenario where I would like sit by myself and watch this movie again. There, I just can't do it. Except for maybe the dog. The dog is so fucking cute. Oh my god. But other than that, yeah. The, the acting, I will say, is actually pretty good. Uh, the wife and the kids were actually really good in this movie. I didn't hate them. I actually liked their characters. Their acting was good. So yeah, I'll give uh, credit where credit's due for that. But that's basically all I can say about that. So that was The Black Demon from 2023. The first movie in Spooky Shocktober. Don't forget to follow me on all of the social medias. That's Instagram, Facebook, Slasher, TikTok, all at Bucket of Chum Podcast. And you can go to bucketofchumpodcast.com for more information. And don't forget, we've also got a Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash bucketofchum. But I will see you guys next time for a brand new episode of Bucket of Chum. Are you crafty? Do you care about the environment? Then you should check out Crafty Stars Studio. Owned and operated by Lisa Gorman, Crafty Stars sells products that have the planet in mind. The products are made from materials that are reused, compostable, or recyclable. Go to craftystarsstudio.ca and check out the amazing selection of products today and support a small business that supports saving the planet.